And now it's time for the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, featuring health news, opinion, and insight from Wesley Chapel's concierge medicine physician, Dr. Tommy McElroy. And thank you for joining us today. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show. I am Dr. Tommy McElroy. I'm a sports and family medicine physician. And uh, for all of you out there who are interested in sports and family medicine, uh, that is something where we as family doctors basically are also uh, more broadly trained and we do a uh, things like joint injections, uh, cardiology uh, related to athletes and active individuals, concussion management. And uh, that's what we do here as a concierge medicine practice. And one of the most interesting things I found recently is a, it's a company called BB. And I am very pleased to have today on the uh, show U.S. President and CEO of BB, Mr. Matt Sweetwood. Matt, how are you doing today? Uh, very well. It's a, it's a hot morning here in New York, but uh, we're having a good time. Well, that's great. Where are you at in New York? Um, I actually am down in the financial district, Okay, you know, down on the South Point here. It's actually beautiful here. You can walk out, see right by both rivers, like where the East River and the Hudson River come together. How long have you been in New York? Um, I've actually been in New York uh, about two and a half months. The previous 50-something years I spent in New Jersey. Okay. So I just got to move here. Kids moved out, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll talk a little bit about that later. And yeah, now I'm living the life, as they say. Excellent. Tell us about BB. BB is a, called Affinity Networking. What does that mean? Um, okay. So I'm not a big fan of the word Affinity Networking because everybody asks, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, what we are is we are a professional social network similar to LinkedIn, but with a, with a I don't want to call it a twist, but with a lot of added features. So everybody, every, most everybody knows the way LinkedIn works. They've got you know a lot of users out there. You go, you upload your professional resume, you look for a job, you hope that happens. Few people are out there on the blogging platform and write, but that's really what LinkedIn is about. It's not a highly interactive network. People just view it as a place where they can um, can do that. BB adds in another dimension into that concept, is we add in your personal interests. So not only is your professional resume up there in a digitized form, but we add in interests and we communicate with these interests through hives. So it allows for a more complete view of the person. I'll give you an interesting statistic. Uh, So there was a study by the uh, uh, Society of Human Resources Managers, the biggest uh, group that measures, you know, goes out, and they surveyed hiring managers, over a 1,000 of them. And here was the thing that really shocked me, is that 19% of hiring managers use Facebook to hire. Now, what does that tell you? Now, they can't really find much about a person's profession out there, mm-hmm. but they're going out on Facebook to find other things. They want to find the personal side of the candidate because in today's world, it's relatively easy to make a LinkedIn profile look good. Mm-hmm. But when you go to Facebook, you sort of catch the person. I don't want to say you catch them. They do sometimes. You know, In a lot of cases, they do. They find bad things about them. But you, you find a more complete view, and that's what we do on BB. And so you can have a hive, and you'll, you'll sort of excuse the B phrases, which uh, I'm starting to embrace as we buzz along in this interview, mm-hmm. um, is that let's say you, you and I, right, so we do different things. You know, I'm here in New York. I'm running a company. You're, you're, you're doing your show. You're a doctor. You do all of those things. So we might not have a common professional interest, but let's say, for example, we are both into auto racing. Let's say we race BMWs. Right. Okay. Well, we can create a hive for BMW racing, right? And we would have an interaction in that user group, and and that's the natural way of in, of networking. For those of us that go to networking, because that's ultimately what LinkedIn and sites like that are, is they're professional networking sites. So when you go to a networking event in person, how much time do you spend talking about your profession? 
a relatively small amount or you're uninteresting. Right. So what makes you interesting are all of those added features. So BB, I, I've been told it sits somewhere between Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay, but it really is professional networking with a personal side. It allows you to have a personal brand in front of other business people and other potential employers. Yeah, and I'm, I like what I like about BB is it allows you to do things creatively that maybe you couldn't do before, for instance, on LinkedIn. So in my BB account or my BB profile, I'm a member of a membership Medicine Hive, which I created. I'm a member of uh, Rock and Roll. I'm a member of Boxing. I'm a member of uh, Health, which is you know more general. I'm a member of Doctors, which is more general. But you're right, on LinkedIn, if I was on LinkedIn they would, and they were something like that, then you would expect me just to be in medicine. And then you expect the lawyers to just be in attorneys. And then you expect the human resource people just to be in human resources. But this allows, like you said, cross-pollination, so to speak, of uh, different industries and people uh, being able to connect on a different plateau. Because you're right. When you go to a networking event, it's the worst thing in the world when they just start droning on about what they do. And my goodness, you want to just find the exit or the bar as soon as possible. That's right. I'm deft at at switching people. But let me add some, let me sort of uh, follow through with what you just said. On LinkedIn, everybody gets invited to these these groups on LinkedIn, but they're basically useless. You kind of roll your eyes when you get invited. And that has to do with the way LinkedIn controls its algorithm. So LinkedIn, you, like I have, I have, I think almost twenty-one thousand connections on LinkedIn. It's a crazy amount of connections. I'm a pretty heavy, was a pretty heavy LinkedIn user. When I post something on LinkedIn, or I, even if I post an article, they only send it out to a small amount of people. Even if you post in a group, people don't necessarily get a notification. So even when you're in these groups, you don't—they're not so useful. On BB, what we do is we don't control the output of your post, the propagation of your post. So when you post something, whether it's a buzz, which is just a simple comment or a picture, or you post something in a group or you write an article through our producer, it gets sent to all of your connections. Everybody sees it. And when you post in a hive, you have a similar kind of thing. It's not controlled. We're not looking to try to gain revenue or control you know, your ability to function there. And when you post something too, you can post it in up to three hives. Mm-hmm. So even if you're only connected to let's say 500 people and you're a member, like I'm a member of the marketing hive, which has, I don't know, 50, 60,000 members in it. So even though I'm not connected to 50 or 60,000 people, when I publish something in there, all 50 or 60,000 have the potential to see it. It's not controlled. So it becomes a much richer environment. This is a fundamental thing. You know, it's like on Facebook. When you make a post, all your friends don't see it. They control it. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn works exactly the same way. And But we don't do that at BB. We actually go out there and we let your post be seen by everybody. Yeah, and, I, and I've noticed that on Facebook because I'll make a post and I've done a little um, experiment where I'll link something that has a, a – something where I think Facebook would like me to buy an ad for that, but I'd post it as a post instead. And you'll see the reach is like minuscule single digits. And then if you were to do it as something else, like a video or something, it'd be 400, which is, you know, to me. Well, are you assigning nefarious views to Facebook? Are you saying that they're not there? <laughs> you bet they're yeah. not. In fact, I wrote an article. Uh, if you go out on my social media, I'm M Sweetwood everywhere on Twitter, all over the place. But if you go to my website, msweetwood.com, I wrote an article for Entrepreneur on how to do Facebook and how to side and how to, I think it's called 14 tip power tips for Facebook. Mm. It teaches you how to work that algorithm a little bit, but you don't have to do any of that on BB. Now, if you notice Facebook, what did you say? Facebook wants to get you to pay. LinkedIn wants to get you to pay too. Mm-hmm. People, this, a lot of people don't know this, but when you apply for a job, if you're not a LinkedIn premium member, 
your resume doesn't go to the top of the pile, the top of what hiring managers see. Mm -hmm. Now that Microsoft actually bought LinkedIn, one of their first announcements they made is they're going to raise the fees. Mm -hmm. So we have a commitment that we are going to never charge for BB. We're going to have other ways of generating revenue for BB, but we're not going to charge users and companies. We want this to be a free and open networking platform. Absolutely. And I, I encourage everybody out there to go try it. And BB is easy to set up and it's got such an elegant publishing feature. Like I said, if you're creative out there and you want to you know, create articles or it's, it's very, uh, the, uh, the coding is very good. And I can tell that they spend a lot of time and energy in developing a very user-friendly code. Well, look, we've been around at this time, I think 15 months. We have 11 million users in those 15 months. And, and we have a staff right now of 60 or 70 people, and most of them are spent on development yeah. because we understand that the platform, the, the quality of the platform, you know, is, is paramount. Yeah, you got to have a good product out there. One of the good things about, I think, Google Plus is the, how the platform is very elegant. I think it's more elegant than Facebook, but it doesn't have the power of Facebook. I think BB, if I were to say what BB is, I'd say it kind of has more of a, a Google Plus feel as far as the elegance of it and then also the integration of uh, social networking like Facebook. So it's, it's a blend of all the good things, I think, that are out there. So it's a, it's a nice development to have. Right. And we think that there's really a space out there uh, for a network like this because LinkedIn is so narrow in its focus, you know, mm -hmm. and Facebook is so personal. Yeah. There's something in there that sort of sits in the middle that doesn't disclose the private information, but adds enough of your personal interest in there to make you interesting and to make the networking more vibrant. Very good. Yes, you're right. And this is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, and I'm on with Matt Sweetwood. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about something personal called the Man Up Project, which is a uh, very uh, close to my heart. And uh, this is Ask Dr. Tommy Show. We'll be right back. Hi there. This is Dr. Tommy McElroy. You didn't go to medical school so you could fill out paperwork. Got into medicine because you wanted to help people. You want to make a difference. You want to heal and connect with your patients. Atlas MD is the EMR that will help you get to where you always wanted to go. Learn how to transition your practice to direct care and learn more about Atlas MD EMR at atlas.md. That's A-T-L-A-S.md. And thank you for joining us again. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show. I'm very pleased to have U.S. President and CEO of BB, Matt Sweetwood, who is on with me talking about, uh, in addition to BB, we're talking about, during the break, the Man Up Project. So uh, the Man Up Project, go ahead and tell us what the Man Up Project is. Okay, so I created the Man Up Project uh, ultimately because I don't really think the discussion about men's lives, their qualities of lives, and the difficulties that they go through are really paramount in our culture. Um, and having been divorced twice, having gone through one of the most difficult divorces in the history of New Jersey, having won custody of my five children after their mother left them when they were little, um, I've come to realize that men have a very little support system out there. So I created the Manor Project, which is helps men get through the most difficult times in their life and the great times. And I've divided it basically into four parts. One is I call parenting and fatherhood. The other is divorce. Um, which is really an important part because when men go through divorce, they are about as alone as it gets. Um, I talk about uh, dating because particularly when men get older and they have children or they've been divorced, you know, dating really is an issue for them, how to go about this. But the, my favorite part is what I call the quest for a big life. And that's you're on this earth for a, you know, a limited amount of time and you want to have a life worth living. And there are things that you can do, spiritual, physical, emotional, mental things that you can do in your life that are going to allow you to have a life worth living. 
And the Man Up Project, how do people interact with the Man Up Project? Is it an online thing? Is it is it through books? Is it all of the above? It's all of the above. If you go onto my website, which is msweetwood.com, I'm M. Sweetwood everywhere, um, you'll see the Man Up Project there. There's lots of articles and resources there. Um, I'm also available to contact. I, I like helping men where I can. Um, right now, we're in the process of actually producing a pilot for a TV show, which is going to be around it. Um, and we're really excited about this because if you speak to any guy who's been through one of these things, they one of the, the things that always comes to the top, even if they're, they don't want to admit it, is how lonely and difficult it is to go through these phases of life, yeah. even fatherhood sometimes. Yeah. Fathers, fathers are viewed as, as you know, sort of second-class parents and as somebody who doesn't know how to raise children. Well, I'll tell you that, you know, I was left with five little children. My children are all in their 20s today. They're all successful. They're all um, wonderful human beings. I'm close to them. So, you know, this dude, you know, figured out a way to, to be a good parent. You know, I'm not a buffoon. Yeah, I agree, because my father himself raised four children uh, due to my mother's illness. And so he, he always took a little bit of a, it was, it was kind of insulting to him when they were talking about single mom, single mom, single mom, but never anything about single dads. And then deadbeat dads is what you hear. Deadbeat dads. And uh, I guess that's changed a little bit now. They call them deadbeat parents. But yeah, this, this, um, I guess this uh, bias against fathers was is something that is still pervades. But for for people out there who are in that group, it, it can be you can you're already isolated in in a sense that you know your wife's gone, and now here you are isolated by society. And you're right, you're you're looked down upon. You know, I, I it's funny. I'll I'll bring it right to current day. There was a speech at I, I won't be political right at this second, but there was a speech at one of the conventions where they were talking about the oppressed classes, mm-hmm. and, you know, or classes that need help. I should say, yeah. and one of them was single moms. And they used the word single moms. I thought that you know, in a society where we're so careful about our language, it's not that single moms aren't wonderful and they don't need help in in many cases. But why not choose the term single parents? It was such a bias in a place where they are so hypersensitive about bias. They had no problem doing that. I find that personally offensive. You know, it's not offensive in a way like in my face offensive, but it's like it's clear you don't care about us. Yeah, I think um, about us at all. I think, you know, talking about helping people, I think that's one of the bad things we have in our culture now is dividing people into groups. It doesn't matter what the group is. It could be uh, based on sex. It could be based on your skin color. It could be based on your height. It could be based on the width of your belly, whatever it is, and dividing them into different groups and then saying, I'm going to help you against this group and I'm going to help you against this group. And single dads, single mothers, they're all single parents and they don't need to be divided against each other. All of them are deserving of help. Right. I could not agree with you more. But you have to realize in order to do that, you know, that's sort of like a Ferris wheel, you know, or, or spoked wheel. So at the center of that really are men, you know, are, are men not of color, you know, and they have to be the foil. And we've been turned into the foil, yeah. you know, and, and I sometimes don't appreciate it. You know, I can I can remember times when people and, and I lived through this for a long time in the town that I lived. People would look at me and be like, oh, the mom ran away. What did you do to her? Right. They would actually actually say those things. Right. They would say things to my kids that were just, I mean, I won't even get into it here, but it's just, it was just unbelievable. And so we faced this. You're right. It's ultimately a divide. It's a divide and turn everybody against each other. It's very upsetting. You know, for us that are a little bit older, you know, we're watching this sort of, I'll call it hatred because it's, it's sort of planned hatred that goes on. It's very upsetting, turning one side against the other. Very upsetting. It is upsetting and it's, and ultimately it's destructive. It's, nothing uh constructive about it it's destructive and it's uh and it's a planned thing and i think and i think we probably feel the same way 
I completely agree. It's a planned thing. It's a diversion everything. Yeah. Because, you know, as I always like to say, the government is spending a trillion dollars more than it takes in. Nobody wants anybody to pay attention to that. We'd rather have a particular class of people stand up and say, give me something. Exactly. Right? And, and the government saying, yes, you deserve that. Absolutely. Right? You know, and we have that going on. You know, look, one or two things will happen. People will eventually get smart or, you know, it'll collapse on itself. Yeah, but I always like at this moment, I always like to quote Thomas Jefferson who said the people get the government they deserve. Absolutely. I think that's a little bit of what we got going on. I believe that too. And I believe that uh, George Orwell wrote about it the best in 1984 when he had the, uh, the the proletariat were just consumed by the porno presses, which was produced by the government. And today we'll see not necessarily porno presses, but uh, mass media uh, just absorbing your constant daily um, uh, uh, attention and then don't worry about the 19 trillion dollars in debt don't worry about the uh, collapse of the economy that's already happened and it's probably going to happen again so yeah unfortunately that's the uh the um the legacy of I'll, what we I'll, have i'll quote uh thomas jefferson again i believe this is his quote too where he said the most truthful thing in newspapers are the advertisements yeah that's a great one it's a great one love that one by the way uh, this, this is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show. We're on with Matt Sweetwood. We're talking about the Man Up Project. We're talking about BB, and we're talking about uh, philosophy and uh, politics. And then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the things that are on the horizon and then uh, some of the things that you can learn about BB and how to get involved. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show. We'll be right back. Echelon Health is a concierge medicine practice. So what's included with concierge medicine membership? Well, all office visits and procedures are included. Also, our patients access wholesale pricing on labs and medications. They communicate with a doctor and staff through text, email, and cell phone. They also enjoy same-day or next-day appointments, all for one yearly fee. Echelon Health is medical care for a modern lifestyle. Join us online at tampadirectcare.com to learn more. And thank you for joining us today. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, and I'm on with Matt Sweetwood, who is the president and CEO of BB Incorporated in USA. So in, in addition to all the other things that he does, you know, being a social media expert, being a, being the CEO of this new brand of networking, you're also a, a, a photographer, and you have been for many, many years. Tell us about how you got involved with photography. Um, actually, I ran a photographic distribution business and a, ca- and a camera store for many years. And actually, it was a distribution business, which almost uh, went out of business. And I converted from sort of B2B to B2C, mm-hmm. uh, opened the camera store, and I reinvented the camera store model. In fact, most of the stores around today uh, used the model I invented. It was an education-based model, which meant that we taught photography. We ended up with one of the largest photography education programs in the country, built one of the biggest camera stores in a few years based on this. And I felt as the leader of the company, if I was going to teach photography, I better learn photography itself. Um, and so I became a little bit of a photographer. I'm not exactly the greatest ever. I'm not super technical, but I have a good eye for it. And I've been fortunate enough to have Panasonic um, after I sold the store. So I sold this business about a uh, three quarters of a year ago. I had Panasonic reach out to me and asked me to be one of their Lumix luminaries, associate Lumix luminary, they call me. Um, and that means I get sponsored by them. I get to you know talk about their product, which I was using already anyway. I'm very big on uh, that GQ look mm-hmm. of carrying around a small, lightweight camera, and their cameras are uh, small, lightweight cameras. And if you go out on my Instagram, you'll see some of my good stuff. It's M Sweetwood on Instagram. Um, I post a lot of my pictures there. Actually, I'm going to have an Instagram book coming out soon. And I find photography a very cathartic endeavor. 
And, it's, and, a, it's a really, really great way to release yourself and express yourself creativity with creativity. And I think one of the cool things about photography is one of the cool things I like about podcasting is it's open to the, the regular person. You don't have to be, like you said, you don't have to be uh, an expert necessarily to, to enjoy it. So you may not be the best podcaster in the history of podcasting or best photographer in the history of photography, but you can go and, and learn and build on it and then improve yourself and then see the fruits of your labor immediately. Absolutely. And I think that, uh, you know, as a doctor, I'll sort of bring it full circle. Um, I am also on the board of directors of a nonprofit called the Josephine Herrick Project. That's jhproject.org. And we use photography to help those in need. We help veterans, autistic children, children at risk. And we actually teach them photography, which is not very hard. We provide them with cameras. And through that photography therapy, we improve their lives. We build self-esteem. And you don't. And one of the great things about photography is that you don't need to know a lot in order to be creative. You get a, We go out here to the Brooklyn VA and we do a program. You should see the, the way those veterans, their faces light up, the camaraderie that it builds. We show their work. It's such a self-esteem building kind of thing and a creative outlet. You take children who've never had a camera before and you give them. Right here in New York, we have that. And you give them a camera and you just see how it transformed them. So we like to think of photography as something that's transformative. That's jhproject.org. Yes. And if you want to see any all the things we've talked about, like you said, M Sweetwood, that's M-S-W-E-E-T wood.com. And then all these different links are uh, available right there to learn about. Uh, as far as photography is concerned, if if someone is interested in starting off, would you recommend a DSLR camera? I mean, starting off meaning fairly serious. Is that the kind of camera or how should you go about what kind of camera should you get? Um, okay. So that's a great question. I think that in today's market, I think you really want to look for a mirrorless camera. That's going to be the trend. So a DSLR by definition is a reflex camera. It has a mirror. It's larger. Mm -hmm. It's a typical Nanit, Canon or Nikon camera. They're the ones who are still making them. Excellent cameras, but they're slightly larger. And you know, I, I believe that mirrorless is the way to go. That's why I shoot Panasonic. I shoot Lumix cameras. So I think if you go out and you buy a basic Lumix camera, it has interchangeable lenses. It's lightweight. It's compact. These cameras are crazy fast focusing. You go out there, you can see I shoot with a Lumix LX100, which is really almost a glorified point and shoot camera. And you can see the quality of images that I get. But there's a whole line of cameras out there. And I definitely recommend you go try it. Very lightweight, particularly for people on the go where you don't want to carry you know, a lot of equipment with you. Mm -hmm. You get a few lenses, a few cameras, it'll fit in your bag for a woman, it'll fit in her handbag, and you can do some amazing things. So go mirrorless, that's the way I would go. And then as far as uh, software to use to modify your um, uh, your photos, what would you recommend? Okay, if you're a little bit at the high end, you obviously you use Photoshop, but most of the cameras come with some basic photo manipulation software. Windows, you know, has uh, you know, software built into it, depending on the version of Windows, so does Apple in there. And that's usually good enough. But I will emphasize today's cameras are so good. I mean, there are modes in my Lumix camera. There are modes built in. You can change. You can shoot black and white with a setting. Mm -hmm. You can you can shoot high the HDR photography. You can shoot more vibrant. I mean, you can do all sorts of things and you can do editing in the camera. It's pretty dazzling. Yeah, and you're right. And they do have some of the software comes along with them. I have a GoPro camera for video and it has some a software editing suite inside of it. That's right. And those usually are good enough. If you want to be more sophisticated, get yourself Photoshop, but there you're going to be going, trust me, you're going to be going for lessons how to use that. That's not something you spend, you know, the few hundred dollars on, mm -hmm. install it on your computer and become an expert at. Absolutely. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing with us. And I encourage everyone out there, if you're interested to learn more about Matt, to go to mattmsweetwood.com. And then also, please, if you're interested in a new type of networking, look at BB. And I want to thank Brian McKenzie for introducing me to BB. Brian is a healthcare advisor. He's a he's a specialist in all types of different things, military intelligence. Anyway, I met Matt, or I'm sorry, I met Brian through LinkedIn, and then he turned me on to BB. So shout out to Brian McKenzie for doing that in Central Asia. And uh, thank you, Matt, for coming on today and sharing with us about all the different things. And uh, please, uh, if uh, if you ever feel like you want to come back on, uh, please, it's open invitation to come back on the show. Yeah, great, Doc. I appreciate you having me on. Anytime we come on, we got lots of stuff we can talk about. I, I, I can I can sense if we have just a little discussion about what's going on in politics today, we fill up a few a few shows. So well, thanks for having me. Come back anytime you want. Well, I, I think you're right, and I, and I agree. Um, and you're welcome, and thank you very much. And uh, for all of you out there listening, we want to have you uh, go to AskDrTommy.com if you have any further uh, need for more commentary, uh, past podcasts, all types of different things on there. And then if you want to listen to us go to itunes and until next time bye bye thank you for joining us today for more show news and information go to askdrtommy.com and be sure to follow dr tommy on facebook at echelon health and on twitter at tapa direct care to learn more about echelon health concierge medicine practice visit echelon health online at tampa directcare.com